Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. We're in Soul Talk, everybody. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. And today we have a very special guest. It's one of my, my classmates. I, I had the honor to, to, to have a class together with Rosalind. We're going to be interviewing her the next week. And, uh, and also she's co-author of the of Blues Talk, The Business of Life, in volume three. And I was in the volume four, but we were in the same in the same one. And let me read a little bit about her. And I'm sorry if I I don't say write your your name because uh, I can I'm, help you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I can barely say say my name sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Janine Homenyuk. Did I say it right? Close, Janine Wiley Homenyuk. So oh. yeah, close. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did well. <laughs> Thanks. Well, she is a healer, a spiritual advisor, photographer, co-author, being born and raised in Texas and living in Canada for the last 23 years, had given a unique outlook of the world. She attended to university in three different countries, USA, Poland, and Canada. She has a degree in cultural anthropology and the University of Alberta, with a bachelor's in art and cultural anthropology, has um, provided uh, provided her with interest and her knowledge of diverse cultures, spirituality, and real relationships. She's a certified medi uh, mediator for over ten years, working with conflicts resolution, help her um, help her in, in maintaining the skills and calming and demeanor on the face of the conflict and difficulty. Janine is also a photographer, give her a creative outlet, and she can work with clients to help her capture their true personality and nature. Her, her passion is giving my client, uh, her clients genuine photographers to travel photography and landscape photography. As for her spiritual side, things have given Janine a direction of comfort she needed to during this time in a greater turmoil. She had always been spiritual, but never really embraced it till her life turned upside down. And she realized she was needing to change the way she viewed the world and life. Since then, she has found her healing and spiritual nature has, uh, has shined and giving her what is she most. Like we think ultimately, uh, ultimately to help people. Janine is as a soul involving reader and advisor. She can help others move forward in life with a new science and direction and understanding. She's a co-author in Blue Talk and the, the Business of Life and in the volume three, where she's able to share her knowledge and understanding to the world uh, around her and, and hopefully that can help others. And uh wow that was long <laughs> this world <laughs> you can find her uh, more information in the description and also how you can you can contact her too and janine is really my pleasure to have you here 
Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know how long to make that bio. <laughs> it was like, how short, how long? I don't know. <laughs> so, I know. These bios are very tough to write. Because they really it, are. Yes. It's, it's because it's about talking about yourself. Yep. And you say, oh, I have to control my ego. But then how people are going to know about you? Same time, it is very, very, and at the same time, you're putting your heart in there without and trying to control your ego. So that's very, very hard. It is hard because I'm I'm not very egomanic. I can suppress my ego quite a bit, and you know I don't really go to ego too much often. So when I'm having to promote myself or sell myself, I find I undersell because I, you know. <laughs> I have a vast amount of knowledge, but I don't want to really, you know, <laughs> put myself yeah. out there so much. <laughs> but at the same time, how the people are going to know? Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> talk about that. That is a hard part to, to balance. It is. And I find a lot of spiritual people and people who are not spiritual go to ego. And, and that's what our society has trained us to do, you know. And uh, especially now with social media, and, you know, <laughs> all that. But um, but yeah, it's 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 a balance because you need that ego. That ego is a check, you know. It's checks and balances, I guess, is what I should say. But my background is as an artist. When I started writing my my bios, I was uh, calling myself short, and so it was hard to sell and so forth. Mm-hmm. And but I came to understand that everybody's like check your ego, check your ego as an artist, check your ego, and that's something that we tell all the artists and so forth. But how you're gonna believe even you're an artist or you're whoever you you claim you are, exactly. If you don't believe in yourself, exactly. or you don't want to say it out loud because you're still hiding. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's a it's yeah. It's there's the humility part. There's the ego part. There's the you know the putting yourself out there, you know, and, and doing it with a, a grace and humility, but still putting yourself out there, ego comes into play. So you've got to share things that, you know, in order to sell yourself. So, but at the same time, I don't consider the ego the enemy because it's a part of us. No, it's not the enemy. It's just, it's just making sure it doesn't take over. <laughs> you know? yes. narcissism and that's a different story (laughs) yeah exactly right (laughs) so yeah so I do find it hard for myself to kind of know where to you know how to do things and how to promote myself so I find that's my my biggest um learning curve that I need to learn (laughs) so marketing (laughs) and we all the other day I was writing content about that that even the healers, we we all are working with ourselves. We we were just perfect and we didn't have issues and we already healed completely ourselves. Mm-hmm. Probably we wouldn't want to be here in the 3D world. No. <laughs> <Painless> <laughs> things like that. It's so true. we all are, if we're here, it's because we're still working with ourselves and there is mm-hmm. something to heal and there's layers and layers at yes. the same time absolutely yeah i'm going through a difficult time and i find you know that's when the universe is kind of challenging you to make sure you've actually done the work 
to go through where you're at. And, you know, I, I, I've been handling this situation quite well. I've been surprising myself and I'm like, wow, I've really done the work, but uh, you know, I kind of had a, a knowledge that this situation was going to arise <laughs> at some point in my life. So, you know, I, uh, I prepared for it. I saw that you were a mediator. So how, yeah. and when it comes to your, your personal problems, how do you mediate I think it's more difficult as a mediator because you're, as a mediator, you're supposed to be neutral and impartial. So really mediating is, is not something you're really doing, but you're using the skills that you learn in mediation to handle conflict or situations. Uh, lots of questioning, <laughs> you know, question, ask questions a lot and um, really just try. And, and, but the spiritual side has come into play, centering myself, really coming from a place of response rather than reaction and really just um, recognizing that with each little hiccup, with each little thing, I'm, you know, it's just challenged me a little bit more to see how well I'm handling the situation. And, uh, you know, it's, it is difficult as a mediator to be in conflict yourself, <laughs> but you know, it happens. There's no it's because we put emotion in there. Yes. And when we put emotion, we we don't we just follow for that. Yeah. Emotion is not bad. But you need to learn to control the ego again. We go with the with the ego yep. part. Yeah, definitely. Oh, all these kind of things that are gonna limit you and are gonna bring your fears and are gonna bring all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's the part. Yeah. And, and not all I'm, the parties are working with themselves. So that yeah, I've been able to, to keep the emotion in check on this situation. So I've been doing pretty good, actually. You know, I have my moments, though. I have my moments. But, you know, everybody would, being human, would have moments, you know, when they're going through difficult times. But uh, it's just how, what do you do with that emotion? What do you, do you, you recognize it, you deal with it, and then you don't allow it to come into the situation you just acknowledge it recognize it and then with the situation you come from place of response rather than reaction which the reaction is where the emotion comes in so so yeah so that's what i've been doing and yeah i have my moments though <laughs> so oh There's a bit of a delay. No, we'll, Are you hearing me? They froze. Yeah, it froze yes. for a minute. Are you hearing me? Yes. Okay, I, good. Hope everybody's hearing us. Renee, Catherine. <laughs> I I believe they're... I hope they're listening to, to us. Hopefully. Okay. Well, uh, we... I, I know you wrote uh, the part of the in the book. Yes, they're listening to us. Cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, Catherine says, even uh, Jesus got angry, even in the Enlightenment, you still are human. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yes, yeah. so that's a misconception about the healers that we never get angry, that we never get sad, that we never have. Mm -hmm any emotions or we just like yes. and that's not true 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, people seem to think that spiritual people are just spiritual and they're all, oh, love and light. And, you know, there's no, there's no emotions, there's no anger, there's no, you know, and I'm, I'm not that kind of, <laughs> if people want that kind of healer, they better not come to me because I'm the one cussing. I'm the one, <laughs> I'll say it like it is. <laughs> you know? So don't I don't think the healers that are always a love and light, love and light, they're not being yeah. honest. They're not having a very honest life because we're still humans. Exactly. So we go through all the emotions. Why? Because we're still in the process of healing yeah. ourselves. So, yeah. I'm I'm very genuine with my healing. I'm very genuine. I say it like it is. I do it as, as delicately as possible, but give people that ability to move forward in life rather than being stuck because being stuck really isn't good and giving people the ability to move forward and, and um, you know, take the next step, go to the next step in their life. So, you what know, kind of, can you tell us a little bit uh, what kind of healing you do? I do Reiki. Um, I do Yusui Karuna, Violet Flame, uh, and Anubis Reiki. Um, I do a, I do my readings. I call them soul evolving readings because when I sit down with somebody, it's what comes to me. So I could get mediumship. I could get psychic. I could get Akashic records. I could get, um, well, channeling, of course, which I kind of mediumship and psychic encompass channeling. And so I do channeling, I do the Akashic records, I do uh, cards as well. And it's whatever comes to me, whatever I whatever spirit is drawing me to give them. I only give people the, the reading they need at that time, the reading that their soul is ready to hear. I don't give them a reading that, you know, is, you know, uh, I give them something where they can move forward. And they're not stuck. And I give them any, I don't really give them a lot of negative stuff, but the negative stuff that does come in is stuff that they need to hear in order for them to move forward. And I do it in a delicate way so that it doesn't hurt. It only heals. So my entire intention of my reading is to help somebody heal and move forward in life. So that's what spirit brings to me. And so if I get medium, I did a reading not too long ago. I never thought I could do mediumship for an hour. I did a reading entire mediumship. I never thought I could do that. But the whole thing was mediumship. And I was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> you know, because I always felt like, oh, I got to mix it with all these others. And, you know, but it just depends. It's whatever that person, whatever spirit is ready to provide them with. You know, their guides, their spirit, whatever. So I I am a Reiki master too. And I used to put them in the table and do all that until mm -hmm. my guides start telling me, oh no, you're not gonna do that. You're gonna do this and this and this. And it was totally different. I don't not have to do anything. In fact, I had to do with my ancestors, my shikas. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even knew what I was doing, but I was just following instructions. Mm -hmm. and, and that's when I re started realizing that I did not have to use Reiki all the time. Uh, or I did not, in fact, I my way of doing Reiki, I don't do it in the traditional way. I don't, I even took out the, the table. I took it out mm -hmm. of my, my office. Why? Because I came to understand that the, 
when you say some to someone that you are gonna heal them, you mm-hmm. it's like having a magic wand, and you're never gonna have that problem. But they're gonna go back to their problems. Yeah. And if you don't give them instructions how they can manage, they're gonna go two hours later, they're gonna feel the same. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's funny. When I give somebody a reading, I give them a lot of homework. Go read this book, go watch this movie. <laughs> So I'm like giving people homework when I give them readings, you know, uh, when I do Reiki, I explain to them, you know, this is me just facilitating the healing. Your body's going to do the healing uh, over time. But, it, you know, you need to recognize that the, the healing energies of Reiki is extremely subtle. You can't, you know, you can't pinpoint it and say, oh, yeah, that worked, you know, magic like that. It doesn't. No, sometimes you have to go for more than one session. You can't do it in one session, especially if it's something that's been chronic for a long time. You know, it's not, it, it, you know, it didn't come overnight. It's not going to heal overnight. You know, it's going to take a minute. But, you know, I've been on the healing journey for myself for quite a while. My mother used to be, uh, she used to enjoy being sick because it got her attention. And, I always tried to help her and heal her, but people have to want to be healed. People can't, you know, they come skeptical on Reiki and they think, oh, you know, it didn't work. Well, did you give it time? Did you sit with it for a minute? Did you believe in it? Don't need to believe in it for it to work, but you need to want to heal. And if you don't want to heal, you're not going to heal. It's, it's, it's just what it is. And um, some people enjoy being sick. It's sad, but it's true. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I heal myself from great, uh, from, uh, from lupus, RAM fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was not to Reiki. It was to personal work because it was, everybody will attract whatever they, they, they feel they deserve or need or want you know, yep. and uh, and we will attract the worst sickness that the lupus is, is a killer. Yes, my, and, cousin, uh, my cousin has it. Yep, it is. And and basically, it's a bottom about to destruction in the case of of, uh, of lupus. Mm-hmm. So you just have to change the bottom for you want to actually live, yeah. and how much you want to uh, how much you want to live. That yeah. depends on the person. Not on the healer trying to give the the, the the healing. It's about the personal work that they can do to themselves. That's how I heal myself. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, for me, it's like I immediately go to this book by Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, oh, thank you. You got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I immediately, as soon as I get an ailment, I go to that book and I I look up. What emotion am I not dealing with? What is going on that I'm not dealing with? And how can I correct this? And I do that every time. It's like, oh, my right leg is hurting. Okay, go to the book. <laughs> what is my leg? You know, and so it's healing is a multifaceted process. You know, you, you need your doctor and doctors are great in certain circumstances, you know, uh, but you need your acupuncturist. I am like big acupuncture 
person. Like uh, everybody that asks, I'm like, go to acupuncture, go to acupuncture. Cause it's like, Oh my God, it's the best thing I ever discovered. Um, Reiki, definitely Reiki. Um, you know, so you need these different facets of healers to help you to get better. I mean, I'm not completely perfect. You know, I'm overweight. I need to lose some weight. Got to work on that. You know, there's, there's certain things that you got to work on. Everybody has to work on because we're human and we're, we're, you know, we need to just recognize that you can't just turn to one person and expect them to have the magic wand to do it instantly or, or that pill. Everybody goes to the pills, you know, <laughs> thinks the pills are going to cure them. And sometimes it makes it worse. My husband has a, um, a situation where uh, he's got consistent diarrhea like it's been going on for a year or longer now and they give him a pill that causes more diarrhea and so he's got pills to compensate for pills that cause you know the very thing that he's trying to cure so <laughs> he even looked at me and I said well <laughs> what can I say that's the way it works <laughs> like you know until you start to look at alternatives that's the way it's going to work <laughs> so you know You, you mentioned that you, uh, I have never heard this, uh, Anubis. Uh, yes. Or what is that about? It's, um, it's a Reiki. I learned it from the person who created it, uh, Valerie. I can't, can't remember her now, last name. She's in um, the UK, actually. And so she taught me Anubis Reiki. And it's, it's just, a, it's, it encompasses Egyptian-influenced Reiki symbols, so forth. So it's really quite neat i love it <laughs> i only right. got level one and level two i gotta get level three so yeah it's uh, awesome i have it's not heard about that 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 reiki particular as well yeah yeah if you look her up on if you just put in anubis reiki she'll pop up um and i can't remember her website but yeah she'll she, it pops up <laughs> I have a question. You mentioned uh, in your biography that when I was reading that you were a healer, photographer, and uh, and you also study uh, cultural anthropology. Yes. How do you combine the three of them? You know, it's inter <laughs> it's interesting. You know, when I was in university, I saw a connection between every form of study. There was something that connected to the other. And I just, I've been able to see this connection between all of it. Um, you know, with, <laughs> I'll give you an example. My friend, <laughs> it's a funny one. My friend, she, uh, she studied um, psychology at University of Alberta. And then she went on to do the photography because she kind of was interested because I was doing photography. She went to try and do, you know, do photography. And then she started getting into biology and she wanted to get into my, um, marine biology. And then that led to toxicology. And she started taking classes in toxicology. <laughs> so she's a toxicologist now. But um, I used to joke with her and say, okay, so you're going to take photographs of the fish and psychoanalyze them <laughs> and categorize them. And then see how many toxins they got. In <laughs> I said, you can combine it all. <laughs> She, you know, so it's kind of the same thing. Like with the photography, it's like, you know, I could, I literally, if I really put my mind to it and I haven't yet, but 
I will at some point, hopefully, um, do travel photography and incorporate the cultural anthropology into that. And really just look, you know, when you go into cultural anthropology, you sometimes look at the spiritual side of, of a society and the healing side of society. So I literally could totally intertwine all of that <laughs> into, into like a, I don't know, a master's degree, maybe or a PhD, you know? <laughs> it is very interesting to actually look into the healing part of all, all the cultures on the world because actually they're the same with different yes. names and different... But, exactly. But the bases are the same. Yes. It, interesting. Yeah, it is. And even the spiritual side of other cultures is is very similar. Um, and so it's it, it would be interesting to do a study on that. And I'm sure there's already people who have done studies on that. I just haven't looked it up. But you know, I'm sure there's somebody that's they maybe not included the photography part. But <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you're in a wonderful place why not <laughs> yeah exactly but you know it's funny because I it's like the photography gives me that call that that um that creative side the um, you know and the spiritual side is the spiritual side and then the cultural anthropology gives me that analytical side you know and so it's kind of like a there's also that intertwining of of uh of things as well so you know it's great i love it <laughs> so you do you integrate uh well obviously reiki is uh it comes from the orient mainly mm -hmm. and uh, but do you combine it with other cultures or other uh, spiritual ways from other cultures in your because you study uh cultural anthropology so yes. I may imagine, like, I don't know, and my passion is archaeology. And I grew up in, Vera, in Veracruz, Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I was surrounded by three zones of archaeology zones with the Papantecos. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why I, I grew up with them. So it was, for me, I got passionate by that. Did you use um, the Native Americans or Native Mex uh, Latino uh cultures the native ones mm -hmm. like shamanism and things like that yes i do i have trained in shamanism um with uh, barbara um she uh she trained with many horses and so i i um trained in shamanism i was thinking of doing some more training in that um and yeah i definitely felt a connection to the aboriginal Native American culture when I was studying anthropology. Of course, studying anthropology in Canada, you tend to get that influence a lot more often is the Native culture influence into your study of anthropology uh, more often than not. Um, uh, so yeah, I did take classes. You, I think there was a prerequisite even for you to have like uh, a class in Aboriginal studies, at least a credit, a couple of credits in Aboriginal studies. So there definitely was that influence. And, um, you know, with the Reiki, I find the Reiki is very, um, very subtle, very healing. And now that you ask that, I'm feeling like there's some symbols that have not been grabbed onto from native culture that 
could be technically incorporated into a new Reiki, actually. I'm kind of getting that right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, definitely with that Asian influence in, it's all very similar. I find it's, you know, the Bering Strait, <laughs> you know, it was there at one time, you know, and people came over from Asia into North America. So, you know, <laughs> there's definitely that influence. So, yeah. Catherine saying, uh, Bate Griffins wrote a great book. It uh, is meet, Meets West, How Each Religion is Connected. There you go. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, you're right. It's soft, way softer, the healing of Reiki. That uh, My background is also in shamanic because, of the, like I mentioned, I, I was very... Yeah. My sister is a shaman, and mm -hmm. I grew up. We grew up with uh, with, with the Papantecos mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So to learn, you, it just it's not. It was not optional because that was part of it. Yeah. And uh, on that, and yes, it's more more harder. It's, it's less sweet. Let's put it like that. The shamanism. It's, uh, yeah. It. Sweet. <laughs> absolutely. You know, being from Texas. Uh, There are definitely dark spirits, you know, and uh, I encountered that being here. Um, you know, they're in Canada too, don't get me wrong, but there are dark spirits in the world that, you know, a lot of people like who are doing spiritual work are like all love and light, love and light, love and light. And they don't even want to touch the dark side of the spiritual realm. And um I got, uh, because of my encounters as a child with the dark spirits, I kind of, um, I've gotten to a place where I'm not afraid of them. So when I come into a home where there's dark spirits, they immediately start psycho, they immediately start attacking me, <laughs> like literally start attacking me. So I have to put up shields. I have to put up protection. I have to protect myself. I have to smudge. Um, you know, it's, it's a process and, uh, you know, I've been into a couple homes here in the last little while that, and I tend to, I tend to stir that stuff up <laughs> because they know I'm not afraid of them and they know that I can get rid of them. And so they tend to like show themselves to me and you're yeah. talking about low densities, right? Yes. Low densities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they don't like me because <laughs> I, we, you know, I can get rid of them. <laughs> Hey, we all were created by the same source. Exactly. I know, right? But I can also, yeah. So anyway, so I find that they, yeah, they just, they come out with me when I come into a place. And so I have to really just protect myself and protect others that are in that space as well. Um, but yeah, the shaman work is not, um, is not all love and light. And uh, I guess that's the point I was trying to make. It's not, it's not the, you know, you're dealing with energy that is negative at times and lower density and so forth. And, and, you know, you have to uh, deal with that sometimes when you don't really want to. <laughs> so, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> like your ego, you can't say to ego, get away, go back, go away and, and disappear. No, because it's also no. part of Everything yeah. is part of us. We Absolutely. need why love and light is 
we also have our dark side that we need to stop uh, fearing them so much. So like that, we can blend with that part because it's part of us. Absolutely. And then, and I mean, there is a reason why there's yin and yang in Japan, you know, you need the negative with the positive. Even with negative events that happen, you'll find positive things that come out of them. I mean, the pandemic is a perfect example of some positive stuff that's come out of that and some negative stuff. And it's sad, but both have, you know, and so I've tried to concentrate on the positive that's come out of it because, you know, there's a lot of negative too. So, so, you know, I've tried to concentrate on the positive, but you know, it's, it is, you Got, you can't be afraid of that side, that shadow side or what other people, you know, some people call it shadow side. Other people, you know, I just say it like it is. It's negative. <laughs> but, you know, um, you just got to, you know, you got to embrace it and recognize it and change it. Change it. The love, love is the best magic that it can. It have. is. Love is the only way. Yes. Yep. Yeah, for sure. In fact, yeah, I'm working on a book about love. <laughs> so, so yeah, it is. It's the only way to combat any of it, actually. Yes. Any of it. It is. And I mean, you know, when I'm dealing with ne- lower density spirits and all that stuff, you know, I, I help them. I had one in my house that was um, bothering my cat, scaring my cat like crazy. And because I find that sometimes it's too close to me, it's harder for me to you know, rec- I mean, I recognize, I know it's there. It's harder for me to deal with when I'm personally around it, when it's personally affecting me. But um, yeah, I did a whole session and found out the guy was Aboriginal. He was um, captured and um, chained to another man and they had escaped on a horse and I can't remember, I think it was the 1700s, 1800s, somewhere around in there. And uh, the house that I live in in Canada is pretty much at the bottom of a what used to be a pond kind of thing. So luckily we don't flood, knock on wood. <laughs> but um, but we, we're like the bottom of that slough or, you know, pond or whatever that was there on that farmland. And um, they had escaped and they had caught him and the other guy got shot. And because he was, they were both on the horse, the one fell off, the other one fell, hit his head on a rock and ended up drowning in that lake. And so he was with the land, not with the house, but with the land. And so I was able to send him to the other side um where his sister came greeted him unshackled the chains on his arms and sent him to the i'm getting chills now <laughs> send him to the other side uh he's coming he's coming back saying thank you but anyway he yeah i was able to send him to the other side now the house is all clear my cat isn't running scared all the time <laughs> but you know he was doing that to try and get my attention And that's these, some of these lower energies are only trying to get your attention and they're not something to be scared of. They're just trying to say, Hey, I'm here. Um, You know, look at me. (laughs) Um, But you know, there are those other ones that are not good. (laughs) And um, those are the ones that I, you know, really have to be dealt with. So, yeah. I have a question. 
the majority, of the, I believe we have many awakenings, all the human beings. It's not only just one and you just wake up and wow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we go through a process and uh, then you later on, years later, you have another awakening. Uh, Absolutely. And, and how was your last awakening? <laughs> Are you picking up on something? <laughs> you might be. Um I- Um, I yeah well you know I started I I went on my spiritual journey in my 20s and I'm my husband was um my husband's atheist and not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's atheist. <laughs> I, had, I had one of those, my ex. <laughs> See, there you go. And because of that, I didn't really, you know, I would read Wayne Dyer like crazy. I would read Deepak Chopra like crazy. You know, I'd read all those, you know, watch those videos, whatever. And then something along the way, life kind of got in the way. And I kind of abandoned all that, abandoned that um that journey I was on. And, you know, my husband being an atheist kind of helped me a little bit in that as well, you know, not to really look at it anymore. And then in 2010, things started happening. My, in 2010, there were five deaths. 2011, there were six surgeries. 2012, there was another five deaths. And these were friends, family, um, you know, uh, other people, other people's family that I knew, you know, just friends and family that were passing away. And then 2013, there was uh, three deaths. And then something else happened that, you know, I'm not going to mention, but I am writing a book about. But um, it just that that one extra thing just sent me over the edge and went, I got to start thinking of the world differently. I really have to start viewing it differently. I have to start doing it for myself, for my kids, for my life. Because with each year, it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. And it was just not getting any better. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't view this as devastation anymore. I got to start viewing this differently. And, you know, all the way along the way, I was getting spirit coming in, you know, feathers and people, you know, I was hearing voice voices, you know, that kind of thing. And I I just would dismiss it. And finally, in 2014, I said, enough's enough. I'm going on that spiritual side that I I always knew I had the abilities. I just never tapped into them. So first classes I took was on mediumship. And, you know, I just, um, I took classes in mediumship and it, and from there on, it's just been, and every year I just try to take a different class and something new, and just I'm constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly just, um, yeah, I, I would say I'm a I'm a course junkie. <laughs> you know, I'll spend my money on courses over anything else, at courses and crystals. But, <laughs> you know, that's where I spend most of my money. <laughs> I hear you. I, I have the same issue. It's, that's one of, the other day when my kids tell me, mom, you have an addiction of taking classes. And I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I, you and I share. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have the same addiction. <laughs> it's like, I'll see this class and I'll be like, oh, I need to take that. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, that was my, that was a big awakening for me because I finally embraced who I really am. And so, but you know, now I'm having a newer awakening happening and I don't know the results of it yet, but after I go through what I'm going through, you know, um, having to try and get my house back from um, a family member. Um, and, you know, I'm, once I go through that process, I'll have another awakening. Um, not sure what it is right now because <laughs> I'm in the midst of it. But <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be something. <laughs> yes, every time we go to after the dark night of the soul, we go to the next stage. Mm-hmm. That's why it's very, very hard, but we go to the next stage. Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I really am handling this quite well. I mean, there's moments. I, I do have my moments. Don't get me wrong. I have my moments. I said to my cousin the other day, I said, when I get into that house by myself, I'm going to have a good cry. Like, I'm just going to sit down and have a good cry. Um, but, you know, right now it's just it's it's the process and it's it's slow moving because it's just a system, you know taking its sweet time. So anyway, so. Catherine is, uh, says, uh, with all the energy work you do, what practices do you do you do to maintain the, the health of your aura? What are you, uh, are you aware of the impact of your, of your work and your auretic uh, shield? How do you train uh, others? Do you have a, um, an ethic practice? I I haven't started the training process. I just taught my co- one of my cousins uh, Reiki the other day. So, but uh, I haven't really started the training process for others yet. But it's it's in the development. I am planning on developing that um, for myself. I mean, I've just been I've been meditating. Like leading up to this situation that I'm in. I've been prepping for this for about a year. My mother died in March of 2020. And with the pandemic and being in Canada and not being able to get down here, I took that time to really, really hone my skills and practices to really prep myself for this moment because I knew this moment was going to be huge. And I knew that it was going to be very taxing on my energy and my aura and all the other stuff. So I, um, I've done a lot of meditation, um, a lot of self Reiki. Um, I've done, um, I've done acupuncture, which is amazing. I've done, um, you know, balancing my chakras, uh, just going to my quiet place for a moment, just trying to center myself. And really getting to a place of mindfulness and just recognizing my thought processes and recognizing that some are conducive, some are not, you know, and really just keeping myself in check through this process, uh, not allowing emotions to get in the way of dealing with the situation, um, holding those emotions for later (laughs) to deal with in private rather than, you know, and so I've just really been doing that um, quite a bit. And, you know, I've been practicing putting up shields and protection around myself, uh, and protecting my energy and all that. So I've just been, yeah, it's been a process. <laughs> in, yeah, in my experience, when you have something attached to you, you can feel it right away. 
Mm-hmm. You, you can feel it, that energy or their talk or whatever conversation they're trying to say is like, and then you can feel it. You can. So you become aware of that. It's easy to remove. Yes. Because yeah. you're aware that, that that is not me. That is not my higher self. That is mm-hmm. That is not for my highest good. No, exactly. Exactly. Thankfully, I've been able to uh, prevent anything from attaching, although I have had two or three occasions where they wanted to and they knew I, they couldn't. But, I, you know, when you're in a when your energy is low or when you're in a situation, a difficult situation, that's when they'll come in and pounce. And so it's been a matter of protecting myself because I did have to remove an energy from my cousin um through reiki and shaman shaman energy clearing and so forth and um i was quite successful but i had to call in extra help just to finalize it because i felt like i i got him to that place and then he just needed a little extra help to get you know to the next stage which now he feels fantastic you can just see the energy from him how much And I even said, you look lighter. He said, I feel lighter. So, you know, he knew he had that attachment and um, he wanted to learn Reiki to protect himself from that type of stuff. So, so yeah. So there you go. (laughs) How do you work with clients? Um, Depends on what they want. If they want Reiki, I, you know, I usually do it on a bed, kind of like you would with acupuncture or whatever. And, you know, what we've, what you know, what we've taught, been taught in Reiki with bed, you know, the massage table and, you know, just doing the healing there. I also do distance healing um, and that, you know, I'll do that. And then with my readings, um, I go into the Akashic records and I really pick up on any energies of, of past lives that they're bringing forward into this life and clear that um, for their highest good, uh, because there's some stuff that you find in the Akashic records that shouldn't be cleared. You know, um, that person needs to learn that lesson or they need to know that stuff. So I only clear the things that spirit or their guides allow to be cleared. So I make a a specific effort not to clear anything that's not meant to be cleared. And then, uh, you know, I'll do a card reading and um, um, psychic or mediumship if that comes in. And, you know, and so, yeah, my sessions are an hour long, hour and a half long for the first Reiki session because I'm really getting the history on the person and that type of thing. But, um, but yeah, my readings are about an hour. I usually find I go over, though. I usually go about an hour and a half. You know, so I just they get a little extra out of me, but, but yeah, I um yeah, so that's and I do it over Zoom, um, the readings and the Reiki I like to do in person, at least the first session. But you know, sometimes the distance prevents it, so I do distance Reiki on somebody. So, so you know, I, sometimes first session, second session, and when I'm doing Reiki, it's funny because I pick up on what's going on in their body. Like I, I can pick up on their ailments and pick up on things and really figure out, oh, okay, this is happening because of this. Or, or did you have an energy in, injury, you know, back when you were a kid? You know, I pick up on things. So um, I really love doing Reiki. And I've, I've actually incorporated sound 
healing into my Reiki now as well. So I'm doing sound healing uh, and I'll incorporate crystals if I get the urge to do so. So, yeah. So that's how I work with them. Do you have any classes right now going on? No, no I don't, but I hope to soon. <laughs> I hope to soon. I'm trying to get through this, you know, situation I'm in before I do anything like that. So, but yeah. Do you have any classes? Because I would take a class with you as well. <laughs> I have so many Right now, I, I have one for channeling, actually. Oh. And uh, that is coming up. Uh, uh, first, I'm going to start it in Spanish, but I have it already programmed for English. Yeah. And I have also the Artist Boot Camp. Also, that's another one, because sometimes we just need to know about uh, how to take a rejection from a gallery, because mm -hmm. they can be very cruel, and if you don't know how to take rejections, that can destroy all your career or you believing in yourself. So yes. uh, that's part yes, of art, my artist boot camp that I'm, I'm going to be having. I'm going to be having a, also a retreat very soon that is yep. going to be um, in July that is for transforming your life and becoming responsible and believing in yourself and so forth. That's that is awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I... Um... Yeah, I would be interested in some of that. That sounds great. Yeah, you know, the rejection thing you were just talking about when I was a, when I was starting doing photography in my 20s, I had one or two rejections and it devastated me. It put my photography on hold for probably five or six years before I picked it up again and started doing it again. So it really being able to handle the rejection and recognizing that, you know, it's it's people their opinions and you know sometimes their opinions differ with other people's opinions and you know <laughs> you'll find that some people love your stuff and others won't it is what it is right and it's harder when you're doing dealing with galleries the galleries mm -hmm. they don't care they don't care if they break your heart they, they don't care it's not a it's something that they don't think they can sell. So that's why I I I felt mm -hmm. like okay, I need to. I've been doing it this for forty years. I had mm -hmm. two galleries. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like no, you know what? I I should be teaching. Oh, I I should add that to my to my teaching classes because yes, many people need that too. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. And my photography. I mean, you were asking how I help clients. My photography. I do my photography. Um, usually I like to do family photography and I, I want to, um, I was doing wedding photography, but I stopped. Um, but the family photography, I only take one photo of the people posing and all the other photos. I want candid photos of people interacting and doing what they love to do as a family. So, you know, um, you know, family you know, whatever it is, like play on a playground and capture and playing and laughing and having fun. Like that's the kind of photos I'd like to do. So um, not the post. <laughs> I agree with that. It's the post. We Everybody will has the post. You can go to Walmart for the post. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any I, I, any event coming up? I, I, I heard that you were writing uh, one or two books. I, yeah, I'm actually working on three books and I'm doing it. I'm, I'm finding that <laughs> what I'm doing here is almost like a full-time job dealing with getting my house back, but I am 
you know, in between times able to get started on writing on some of my books and so forth. So I I have one that I completed right before coming, but um, the one about love that I told you about, but uh, I was going to incorporate photography into it, photos that I had taken. Um, and so I sadly didn't get a chance to work on that. So when I get back to Canada, I'll be, that'll be the first thing I start tackling. So I'll hopefully have that book come out first. And then the other book I'm working on is about energy and energy and how energy works, really understanding energy. Because I think we all talk about it. We all communicate about it. We all, you know, express it, you know, Reiki's energy healing, you know, all this stuff, but nobody really understands it fully. So I'm trying to go in and figure it, figure it out, not just for myself, but for others so that people can go, oh, that makes sense now. So I'm trying to explain it for myself so that I can explain it to others. So um, I'm finding it's taking me on many different paths, but really I'm going into the emotions and looking at emotions right now. So yeah, so I'm working on that book. And then the other book, I've got several chapters written in it almost completed, but I'm going back and revamping that one. So, um, so that one's going to be further down. It might be in a couple of years, but. but I, mean, I, I know what you're saying. I, I have also three books that I haven't finished and it's like, oh, I need to focus in one, but sometimes there are great ideas for the other one. So I start writing I ideas for the other one. They, <laughs> they this one. Like, gosh, but I. And, it, I and then finding all your notes. Cause I have, my recorder on my phone. <laughs> I have a little tape recorder as well. <laughs> and then I have um, notes written down on different pads and <laughs> all that stuff. So it's like combining it all. <laughs> so, yes, but this promise that we're going to finish at least one this year. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> yeah. Do you have something else you would like to add or before we, we close No, down? no, I can't think of anything. I just, um, I'm just happy to be here. I enjoyed my time on here and it was great. So yeah, I can't think of anything other than, you know, I, all my stuff that's coming out, all the things that I'm working on. Um, I feel like they're going to be coming out after I go through this transition stage I'm in. <laughs> Because really, it's it is it's a transition. It's a learning curve for me right now. So I feel like, you know, I've got all these ideas, all these great ideas, but it's just not being able to implement them just yet. And uh, I want to be able to be there for the clients, and I don't want to be pulled multiple different ways. So um, you know, other than I can do a reading for somebody. So if anybody's interested in a reading, that's easy to do for me. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody's in Texas that wants some Reiki, I'm I'm more than open to give some Reiki as well. But um, but yeah, it's um, but all the rest of the stuff is kind of on hold right now. So so yeah, so there okay. you go. Well, the next week, like we mentioned, we're going to have Rosalind Fong. She is an intuitive mindset and visionary business coach. And uh, and she's amazing. She's one of my mentors in the business. And uh, she's also right now doing um, Akashic uh, Records readings and Soul Coach. And also we're going to be starting with a new project uh, 
that uh, is called is gonna call artist talk. I'm gonna gonna be interviewing artists on Sundays. We start with the first one in um, in the 27 on this and that Sunday at six o'clock, and is with Ruby Avila. That she is one of my. Uh, we used to work together organizing art art events and so forth, and she's an amazing artist too. That's great. On the 27, and uh, well, and. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you so much, Janine. Yeah, it you. was really my pleasure to finally yes. we, we talk. Yes. And uh, sure. I we were closer. I'm really in the South, and you're really in the end of Texas. And Texas is big. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had a friend going from, from Dallas to Florida, and they said 16 hours. I'm like, well, it's 16 hours within Texas alone. <laughs> yes. We're, in the two borders. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, and I wish I had more time because I definitely would drive down there. But yeah, I just don't have time right now. But yeah, we're definitely going to meet soon. I can't wait. <laughs> so who knows? If I find I'm in your neck of the woods, I'll give you a shout. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Thank you. Thank and thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, you're seeing the replay. Just click replay. I will appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.